everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ranma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey everyone, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 505. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ranma S. I'm Ari Rockefeller. And I am Mako-chan. And as you can see, I, I forgot to do something. So, you know, as, as I'm sitting here, I'm like, didn't I forget to do something? And then I, re- and then I realized as, as we go live that I forgot to update that uh, Ichigo will be out tonight. The whole, that whole, her little square and so forth. Um, she's taking care of some stuff. So she will be back with us next week. So I think it'll be the first time in over a month the whole gang will be together. Bearing somebody not getting shot killed throwing people off of roofs and stuff like that staring heavily at mako-chan you know because you know how she is with her knives and all that good stuff you know hey hey it's a legitimate alibi i mean you know am i wrong or am i wrong i plead the fifth you plead the fifth i plead the fifth good lord (laughs) <laughs> How is everybody tonight? Uh, I, I'm going to attribute that to the weather. I can attribute it to a lot more things. Well, I would say for now it's the weather because Jesus fuck, it is hot out. I was I, I, I wasn't even expecting, you know, it to be to be that hot out, you know, but you know, at least it's at night. It's not as hot. So you know how we do and all that good stuff. So anywho, as we move right along here, um, we are live tonight, week of June 29th, 2021, right here live on Twitch TV. You can find us here live every Tuesday from 930 to 11 here at Twitch TV slash anime jam session. And don't forget, we are a part of the Voice of Geeks Network. And you can find them at vognetwork.com. And they stream here live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. They kick things off Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern with um, the Bobby Blackwell Show at 8, followed by Orange Jones Radio at 9. And don't forget, we have a Discord. And I think I almost un- knocked something unplugged from under my desk, but it's fine now. But, um... We have a Discord, so come hang out with us in Discord. Vognetwork.com slash Discord. Every channel that's part of the Voice of Geeks Network, every show that's part of the Voice of Geeks Network has their own channel, so come through, hang out, have fun. And I think, and the pool is officially open. So, yeah. And now that we got that out the way, we're going to go around the room and ask the host, how was their week? How was their day? Ari. Oh, this week, this last week was brutal. Oof. Aside from, you know, personal things, um, Mm -hmm. I was on the overnight shift all week. So, yeah, which is uh, 10 p.m. to 6 Mm a.m. And, uh, oh boy, my body is not not prepared for uh, working working those hours. Right, right. I totally get that. And on Sunday, you know, we were, like, the uh, booths were understaffed as they usually are. Yeah. And uh, they had to resort. To, they had to resort to uh, asking supervisors if they wanted to work the booths. And 
me me thinking with my wallet and not my head. Mm-hmm. I was like, against my better judgment, I will take the overtime. Well, oh god, I, I get it. I mean, if you got debts to pay, things you got to do, so you know. Oh god, that like, that was the worst shift I ever worked. It it was uh, let's see. The flow of traffic was never ending. Like for the entire shift, it like the line went around the bend. Mm. Like from the moment, it, this was like from two a like two p.m. to like nine thirty at night. So every second I was in that booth, it was just car after car after car after car after car, which was which just made the day go even slower. Yeah. My my body was just so freaking sore doing all of that, and then I had to do my normal shift. You know, at a much further away location. I'm just like, well, at least you know the other guy's gonna wait for me. He'll get some free overtime for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's been very hectic, very draining. Like, I managed to take, like, I managed to take a nap after I got home on Monday, and I end up sleeping until three thirty in the afternoon. I mean, you earned your rest, so you know why not. Yeah, but usually I was only—I'm only able to get like a couple of hours. Like, like I'd be up by eleven or so, and uh, you know that—that—that that, that doesn't sit well with me. Gotcha, gotcha. But, but uh, yeah, that's how things have been going for me. Just work is draining me, and. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm grateful for the days off I had because I really need the rest. Mm. Uh, are you running anything in the background? Uh, no, just the Skype. Okay, because your webcam is like it's like skipping frames. That's odd. Yeah, when you're moving around, it was skipping frames earlier. Uh, oh well. We'll figure it out one way or another. No harm, no foul. Marco, how was your week? How was your day? Um, not horrible, but mm. I'm so freaking tired. I, I I sense a theme here. Yeah, I've had a really bad uh, sleep the last week or so. Even this weekend, I went to sleep late and then ended up getting stupid, getting up stupid early. So mm. I didn't even get to really rest this weekend. So now I'm just going on. I think I think I got five hours of sleep last night. Yeah. Which, you know, it, it works if I'm not doing anything and I'm just home. Mm-hmm. But having to go in and deal with work stress on top of everything else. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a little tired. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I totally get that. I'm so looking forward to a three-day weekend. That's all I have to say. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people are. Whereas there's me, it's a never-ending weekend. Yeah, that's going to be ending soon, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, come at the end of July, I'll... Because the extended benefits end in September, so I figure in August I'll start looking around and see what I can find. So it won't be so bad. And no, talk. I am not getting in the robot. <laughs> Maybe later. But then again, I could put together Shinji's school uniform. I mean, like, 
I've worn something similar to when I was working on the regular, but you know. Anywho, uh, my weekend day has been same old, same old, except, you know, I actually went out and interacted with people this weekend. Like gasp. I know, right? Total shocker. Um, one of my friends, Julia, she had like a little like, cosplay picnic get-together up in Westchester, so I hopped on the subway and the commuter rail and went up, hung out, ate, took pictures. It was fun. And then um, I then another friend of mine was having a party, and I was like, I was thinking about going, but I feel, felt that, you know, by the time I get back, I, I just came straight home showered and just relaxed because I had literally sweat through everything that I wore. So, you know, and then I found out that party got canceled because some crazy shit had happened. I'm just like, you know what? I wasn't, I'm glad I didn't go that time, but you know, other than that, that's basically has been my week and day. So, you know, it's not so bad. And I see the beer. He says, though, I'm not looking forward to the extra work from the clients who don't observe independence day. You know, I, I, I totally get that. You know, you think when you work in retail, you have all these holidays off and you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> At Christmas, you, you can have. Thanksgiving. You get holiday pay those days. Sometimes. Yeah, there's definitely holiday pay, but it's like Christmas you can have unless you work in a supermarket. Thanksgiving, your mileage may vary depending on where you work. So, you know. Other holidays, don't kid yourself. So, so that's not so, so bad. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Uh, housekeeping notes. Um, don't forget to check out the, uh, our VODs on YouTube, youtube.com slash anime jam session. There is a, there's a little link there that says podcast VODs. You click on them. All episodes that we have done on Twitch this year are available. So, go, so definitely check them out. I just got to figure out how to like tie YouTube into Twitter. So it'll tweet that there is a new episode up or something like that. I have to figure that out. And as Washio Talker says, you thought it was a holiday, but it was me, Dio. <laughs> hmm? Funny. I like that. Oh, man. Let's see what else do we have here under... Um, and don't forget, uh, the Vogue Network has a shop. I They have a pro shop. Vognetwork.com slash shop. Check out Vogue Network merch um, and buy some stuff. We don't have anything up there yet. I'm actually looking at getting our logo redone. Interesting. And, yeah, I know. I'm going to talk to somebody and see how much, and see, see what his rates are. And and if he does it and we get a new logo, we're probably looking at probably new shirts and stuff like that. So, you know, some shirts to put up there. That will be kind of cool. So, yeah. I have some other ideas I wanted to run by you for mm. merchandise or at least uh, T-shirt designs. We're going to take it one step at a time. So, And as Washo Talker says, you are on Twitch and no merch. Yeah, I know. Shocker. <laughs> but um, it is what it is, you know. <laughs> All right. Uh, now we're going to get into uh, Geek Roundtable. This is the part of the show where we talk about more of the geekier aspects of our week and kind of show off stuff. So... Ari, how was what's up for the Geek Roundtable? Uh, well, don't have anything specific to show, but mm-hmm. I've been making a lot more progress in a GTA Online. Okay, that's good. And I find, and for whatever reason, like 
the promotion this week is uh, it's you know super yachts are half off. And I'm like, well, I've been meaning to get one of those for a while. So money, money, money. You know, my character ended. Up, like, I got one for my character for like about four million and change. Mm. If you're ever on, like, if you're my friend on PSN and you see me online, you, you'll be able to see the yacht pop out. Big white with red trim all over. Mm -hmm. And the Italian flag flying of it, because why not? Fair enough. So is it more Italian or more Guinea? <laughs> well, well, given where I'm from, it'll be I Italian. That, that's the way you gotta say it. I Italian. <laughs> well, this is all I gotta say. So. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, you, you have two Italians and a Sicilian here on the show. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll let the listeners figure that one out on their own. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> just... All right, Mako Chan. What, what what about your geek roundtable? Um yeah, so I am just showing off some of uh, my pop figures the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So the last time I was on, we had spoken of the very large uh, Gretzko pop that I have, and I don't feel like pulling that one down. So I just figured I would show off the normal size Gretzko that I have. Yeah, because. A red pandas. Yeah, and if you put it on the bed, if you put the big one on the bed, put the camera on it, um, Damien might just stare at it. Um. Yeah, I think Damien would probably do something with it. He'll snuggle up to it. I don't know about that, but I think he'll just stare at it. Yeah, he's currently sleeping on my blankets. Mm. Old man had a rough day. Yeah, such a rough day. Hmm. All right. So, as you know, lately there's been like an increase in like classic games and characters being redone in HD with new graphics, backgrounds, and music and stuff like that. And, you know, what's great is, you know, it's the original game, but it's totally remastered, and it's at a lower cost. And, you know, and that's kind of cool. So, I remember picking, I remember this game from my childhood, but I never played it, but I knew of it. And that's because, I think at the time, I didn't have that console, and by the time I had gotten it, I, there was no way for me to find this game. So, I went, and, and then... I happened to find out that, you know, they're making a remake of this. So I happened to look it up and check the price, and I decided to pick, grab my hands and pick it up. And I picked up Alex Kidd in Miracle World DX version. There we go. Nice. Thanks. Now, what's interesting is that Alex Kidd is Sega's original mascot, quote-unquote. Mm -hmm. I believe the light. I don't. If I'm not mistaken, Alex Kidd wasn't created by Sega. It was a different company, and I think Alex Kidd's part of the whole family of Master Higgins, Adventure Island, and all and all, and all that crew. You know, so, 
and this was Sega Master System. I had a Sega Master System, but I didn't have this game. But um, but as you know, Alex Kidd got put out to the pasture and was replaced with Sonic the Hedgehog. So, hmm. I have no idea of when I'm going to play this game because I have a massive backlog of video games. And right now, the only PS4 game I'm working on right now is Secret of Mana. So, we will see. But this is like a fun action adventure, so I might just switch back and forth. But what's interesting is, I didn't realize this till last week. I accidentally ordered this for Xbox One. Oops. Yeah, yeah, because I saw the I saw the graphic. I'm like, wait. I went to track it down. No, I originally saw this. I couldn't find it for Xbox, so I'm like, fine, I'll get it for PS4. And then sometime later, somebody had mentioned it, and I went looking. Or I was checking out Best Buy sale, and I saw it there for Xbox, and I ordered it. And then I got a notification about, you know, that it's being shipped. And I checked, and I'm like, wait a minute. I thought I got this off of Best Buy, not Amazon. I checked my receipts, ordered it for both consoles. Xbox One will be here Thursday, so I'll just put it in my bag and take it back to the store come Tuesday and call it a day, so you know. And as Washio Taco says, you would think Ron would be selling his bath water. Maybe that's exclusive to his OnlyFans. Well, <laughs> I mean, I do have one, but it's for other reasons. And I wouldn't have bath water up there anyway. And we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and TheoX75 says, I sell sticks as wizard rods for Harry Potter fans. Good choice. All right, let's get tonight's show rolling before I, 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 I turn into a giant ball of sweat. Because as you all know, around this time of the year, I put my air conditioner in the window. The thing is, air conditioner is right there, literally. Where you see my arm, that's where the AC is. And if I turn it on, you'll hear it. So normally I have to put a fan up, down, put it over there so I can have it. A nice breeze coming in, but far away enough where you can't hear the fan. I decided this time, you know, to keep the sheet closed, keep the cool air in, and just go as is and just see how well I can handle this. So it shouldn't be too, too bad. If it gets bad, I'll probably get up, run out, grab the air, the fan, and plug it in. But enough about that. Let's get into tonight's topics, shall we? Sure. All right. Sure. Looks like, um... Square Enix is on a roll tonight. They're giving us uh, two two more animes. Um, Final Fantasy IX and uh, Legend of Mana. That's pretty cool. Now, this is not the first Final Fantasy anime we have, we've gotten. I'd say maybe about 10 plus years ago. Maybe, I think, closer to 20 years ago. We had Final Fantasy Unlimited, which, which was based on FF5. Unfortunately... It only had, I think it was only 26 episodes. And the rest was, was a manga adaptation. I have the volumes that was released. So, let me see something. Final Fantasy Unlimited. Mm, yeah, 25 episodes, yes. It was supposed to be 52, but it was cut to 25, and the remaining 27 episodes were, were turned into a manga. And I think it was due to ratings, but, you know, anywho. But 
as reported by uh, Kid Screen, we're going to get an FF9 anime, and it's going to be uh, for children. Which, if you think about it, FF9 does kind of throw back to the original Final Fantasy, so that's going to be fun. But let's be real, even though it's going to be adapted for children, there's going to be grown adults watching this. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, because most of the grown adults are like, I remember playing this game, so... The series is going to be co-produced and co-developed by Square Enix and Cyber Group Studios. According to Pierre Sisman, the CEO of Cyber Group Studios, the goal is to have to be in production by the end of 2021 or the beginning of 2022. So that's going to be really cool. You got to see how well 9 holds up to uh, later installments or even earlier ones. <laughs> It'll hold up a lot better than 8, I'll tell you that much. It's not saying much. I like 8. Oh, we know that. But just understand, 8 will always be the redheaded stepchild of the series. And that's perfectly okay, because I happen to like redheads. <sighs> I mean, they do have more fun. Anywho! For those of you who don't know, the ninth installment of the series... Is, has gained critical acclaim in both Japan and overseas, reintroducing the roots of Final Fantasy with a medieval theme, which is great. It begins with a thief named Zidane kidnapping a young princess in a plot to distance her from her adoptive mother. Sounds interesting. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, sorry. I do understand. <laughs> now, on top of that, we're going to get Legend of Mana. And this one is being produced um, by Warner Brothers Japan. So that's going to be kind of cool. It's going to be called Legend of Mana, the Teardrop Crystal. Or Seiken Densets, Legend of Mana, the Teardrop Crystal. We don't have any information of when this is going to be released. We just know that WB Japan is working on this here. I mean, it's producing it. The teams that will be working on it is uh, Grafenika and Yokohama Animation Lab. The two studios previously collaborated to produce the opening cinematic movie for the remastered version of the Legend of Mana game, which is on my list to buy. But I'm actually going to, I'm going to actually um, wait on till that till there's a price drop on that. And it, from looking at the animation cinema cinematic. We probably have a pretty good idea of how the series is going to look. Um, the, the person behind the series, the producer, Masaru Oyama, had commented about the big announcement that had happened. He had said, When the animation project was first pitched to me, remastering Legend of Mana was not even in discussion. I initially attended the meeting without deep thoughts, but when Mr. Yawada from Warner Brothers Japan passionately pitched Legend of Mana animation project with so much love, I realized I need to create the game as soon as I can. So, rumor has it, that's how the HD remaster project started. Fair enough. Fans of, the Legend of Mana, fans of The Legend of Mana, please be assured, the people involved in this project still have love for the series just as same back then. Legend of Mana is the fourth game in, the, in Square's Mana series, after Trials of Mana, which debuted on the PlayStation in 1999. The remastered version launched for PS4 and Switch uh, last week and PC, and PC as well. The original Seiken Densets Final Fantasy Guide In, which was known as Final Fantasy Adventure here in the States for Game Boy, was released in 91. The sequel, Seiken Densets 2, known as Secret of Mana, came out for Super Famicom in Japan and North America in 1993. 
Square then released Seiken Densets 3 for Super Famicom in 1995. But we did get that translated about two years ago as part of the um, collection of Mana series, which does collect Final Fantasy Adventure, Secret of Mana, and um, Seiken Densets 3, which, if I'm not mistaken, was redone as Trials of Mana. So... And we do have another game, Seiken Densets Rise of Mana game, which is available for iOS and Android uh, back in 2014 and was released for the Vita in 2015 by Square Enix. So, yeah. All I know is from hearing about this news, I'm just going to... I see myself playing maybe uh, Hyrule Warriors fight for another hour or two and then jumping back into Trials of Mana and just pushing through that. Because I'm kind of... I've kind of had... A point in, in Secret of Mana where you know I'm just not feeling it right now, but I'm just gonna switch. I'm just gonna switch gears on that. So that's going to be kind of fun. All right. Next up, we're getting another spinoff. Oh boy. Um, actually, I'm kind of okay with this one. Yeah. So, uh, the official Twitter account for Fruits Basket announced that there's going to be a spin-off of the series, and it's actually going to be focusing on Toru's parents. So, it's going to be called The Story of Kyoko and Katsuya. It's currently in production for release in 2022. Um, however, the format is to be determined. Mm. Uh, there's actually also a stage play in development that is planned for premiere in 2022 as well. Um, but again, I, I actually am kind of excited just because you do get a little bit of background on uh, Toru's mom. Um but you really don't get like she she was she was in a gang she was a leader of a, a mm. of a, a motorcycle gang mm. um so you get a little bit of that in the series uh to find out that um she actually had interaction with some of the other characters in the series so i think it'll actually be kind of cool to see more of that whole backgrounds um of how her mother was, um, how she got out of the gang, how she became, you know, the person that it is that, you know, Toro basically worshipped. So, I mean, she, she was a character that I think it's okay to have more development on. Okay. And it's not going to take away from, you know, the remainder of the series. Well, given that it's like basically like a background story of sorts, that's not so bad. So, I don't see it really affecting the current the current series as a whole. So, sure, why not? No, no, not at all. It's actually it should actually help to, um, I guess explain a little bit more. I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm perfectly okay with that. I think it's going to be a good storyline. I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have gone the that's other way. Good. There is already a um, a spinoff manga for it, and I never got into it. Um, but you know, they could have gone that way with it, and 
I'm glad that they didn't. <laughs> good, good, good. Alright, that's what that is. Alright, moving right along. Looks like um, some people out a lot of money. I oh, right. I wouldn't want to yeah, be. Th I wouldn't want to be them. Huh? Yeah, the Pokemon Sword and Shield leakers owe the Pokemon Company 150 thousand each in fines and damages. So yeah, back in November 2019, the Pokemon Company filed a lawsuit against a pair of leakers who shared photos of an unreleased Sword and Shield strategy guide prior to the game's launch. Mm -hmm. Launch. <clears throat> now, according to the court documents that were filed on Tuesday, the lawsuit has been settled, and the defendants had to pay the Pokemon Company for damages and attorney's fees to the tune of 150000 each. When the lawsuit was first filed, the, leak in question were, uh, the leaks in question were in the form of screenshots posted to a Discord chat. As it progressed, it was revealed that one of the defendants took said photos while employed by the Strategy Guide's printing company. The Pokemon Company argued that in its original complaint that after the second defendant shared photos via Discord, they would then spread to a quote-unquote worldwide audience depending on how many people saw them in Discord or shared them elsewhere. Who knows? Mm. Among the features revealed were the, uh, the then-unknown additions like a few uh, Gigantamax forms for Pokemon. While the Pokemon company quickly issued takedown requests, these and other leaks snowballed into the hashtag GameFreakLied <clears throat> you know, hashtag that the Pokemon fans angry about the lack of a national Pokedex in Sword, Jordan, uh, in sword and Shield. Oh, good. We get to uh, kick that hornet's nest again. <sighs> Are Pokemon fans ever satisfied? Nope. Nope. I mean, like I... The day, the day when the uh, G, when the Gen 4 remakes were, were uh, announced, I'm like, okay, you guys going to be happy now? Not 10 minutes later, people were saying, okay, now where's the Gen 5 remakes? And I'm just sitting here like, Ugh. I don't have anything to scream into over here. I also would have done that. I hear, I hear you about that. I mean, I like the concept of a national Pokédex. I think that's cool. But the downside of a national Pokédex is that will require Game Freak to redesign 800 plus Pokémon to look like how they would look in Sword and Shield. That would take up a lot of space. Probably storage that a, a Switch game cartridge can't handle. Another op, especially if you have, if you're trying to import them and all this other shit. So you know. You, and and you, even worse, when you do import import a Pokemon from other storage like storage services, like some of them have their move list changed. Like they'll say, like, yeah, this Pokemon doesn't know this move anymore. You have to get rid of it. Yeah. Like, and you just can't use it at all. I'm like. I think when they did each one, they weren't they they weren't thinking backwards, you know. So backwards compatibility. Yeah, they probably weren't thinking that. So, well, once you import them onto the switch, you can't you can't send them back. It's one hmm. way. Yeah, but my thing is is more of the storage because there were people who were trying to say that you know Game Freak doesn't know how to code and this and that, and I'm like, these are coming from people who don't even code. They don't they don't program. These are people who mm -hmm. don't understand how much storage 
certain graphic file images and audio file extensions take up. So, would I love to see them do a Pokemon game where, um, where, you know, where they, where they have their full voices and everything from the anime? Absolutely. What Actually, I what I'd like to see is a Pokemon at it's a Pokemon game where they're actually like, where you can actually tell people were mocapped and and legitimately voiced, you know, for like cutscenes and whatever. That could happen. The, but... These stilted movements, dialogue, and just everything it it it's starting to wear thin. Yeah. The thing is, I could see that happening, but the downside is the storage space. And if they are able to do it, that game will probably would be very limited on the number of Pokemon in that game. And then the fans will bitch because their favorite Pokemon will probably will not be in there. Like they're not bitching about that now. Exactly. Yeah, they're already bitching about that. You okay there, Mako? Did Damien knock it over? No, I knocked it over. For some reason, all my wires. For some reason, all my wires are in the way, so they're pulling on things. I know. I kind of know that feeling. I mean, if you look where my entertainment center is, where the cables are, they're just kind of half-assed. Because one thing I forgot to mention was last week I replaced my uh, my FiOS router because what was happening was when when the signal goes out and comes back up. If you're on Wi-Fi, you'll get back online. If you're hardwired, you got to unplug and replug or run the command line or reset your IP address. So I'm like, I can't keep doing that all the time. So, but behind there is like all the wiring and it's like, and I almost bought one of those coil kits to run the wiring properly, but then I realized it still wouldn't work. So I'm, I'll figure something out one way or another. I would love to have like a little coil on the side of my entertainment center and run the cabling up through it and just break it off in certain spots, you know, to plug in what needs to be plugged in. Which means I'm probably going to need like a longer Ethernet cable between the router and my computer, which I think probably need like a 30, 30 footer. I don't know. Figure it out. Anywho. Let's see. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Ah! Talk about one of my one of my favorite uh, films, Batman Ninja. It was so good. I, I still have haven't to... seen it. You still haven't seen Neither ne- have I. Well, next time I, I schlep through, I will bring it. But then again, you have my HBO Max, so you should be able to watch it if it's on there. I'll have to look. Mm-hmm. But um, it seems that we're getting a Batman Ninja stage play in this coming October. No, actually, what's interesting is in Japan, it's known as uh, Ninja Batman. It's going to be called Batman Ninja The Show. So the main, and, here, and this is what we have here. Uh, the production, coordination, composition, music direction, action supervisor will be done by Niall G, a.k.a. MC Starring from Black Wings Project. Um... Direction, composition, dance choreography is Takuya Shiono. Uh, video direction is Yoshikawa Mock Special. Action direction, choreography is uh, be done by Satoru Moritoki, Sayori Izawa, and Rena Kaneda. The, the Batman Ninja the Show 
will feature a cast will feature a rotating cast of four teams of actors playing the roles of the famous Batman heroes and villains. So that's kind of cool. The Batman Ninja, the show, will run from October 13th to December 5th, 2021 at the Theater Mixer Venue and Higashi Ikibukuro, Toshima City, Tokyo, Japan. That's kind of cool. I hope video and screenshots of that leaks out because I kind of want to see it. Mm. Okay. Now, all right. Well, back in your fandom, there. Oh, mine. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise is celebrating its 30th anniversary by turning the iconic blue hedgehog into a virtual YouTuber. Yeah, I had heard about that. The Japanese Twitter, the official Japanese Twitter account posted a short video featuring a live 2D model of the character on Thursday. And he's voiced by longtime Sonic voice actor Junichi Kanamaru. And can you uh, play it on the, uh, like, can you, like, see if you can actually play it on your end and show it to the people in the I in, uh, should chat. be able to. Uh, Just see. a little part on the, uh, what do you call it, the the, the, the tweet. That's. Can, hold on, hold, hold on here. Um, let me move this over here. Alright, um, copy video address. Alright, I should be able to. And, interval. Uh, for what it's worth, it does look, you know, pretty decent. I mean, uh, what, I mean, it, it's Sega, so. They, they have a lot more resources that available than the uh, average VTuber. Well, I don't think I can get it to prop. For some reason, it I'm trying to get it. It won't Don't worry about it. I'll so, just you know. uh, post the link to it in the chat for everyone yeah. to look at. Let me check something real quick. Hmm. He's saying, I ran and this is where I reached. Twitter, is it? How cool. Seems lively and fun. Thanks for your comments, everyone. 30 years, 100 years, let's keep it up. <laughs> That's pretty cool. The Twitter account is also celebrating the 30th anniversary by releasing hey, daily man. illustrations. Sorry. Get it? No, that was from my computer. I was trying to um, see how it would play, but I'm, 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 try I'm, tr I'm trying. I'm trying to get it. I'm trying. See if I can get like a direct, like a complete and direct link to it, but I don't think that's going to happen, so... Eh, don't worry about it. Oh well. Actually, uh, I'm, I'm gonna try. It, I'm gonna try it this way and see if I can get it to work. Um, oh, and the series is getting a new game that'll launch for the Switch, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One and PC in 2022. <sighs> I just want a, f a nice HD remaster of Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 and Sega to get off its arse and announce Sonic Adventure 3. Th that's that's all I really want at this point. I don't think 3 is going to happen, but I would be all for the Sonic Adventure 2 HD remake. Yeah. Is it horrible that I want a completely open world Sonic game? 
No. Open what? Open, open world. world. Oh, oh. You know, there's actually there's been fan projects of open world Sonic games. Yeah, but they're fan projects. Oh, remember the last time somebody did a fan a, a Sonic fan project, we got Sonic Mania. Yeah, that's true. So, anything's plausible. I'm just waiting for, like, for a good remake of a uh, City Escape. Oh, that reminds me, Marco. Did you sit down and watch the Sonic Symphony? I was working through most of it. No, I mean afterwards. No, I didn't even sit through after. I caught some of it once I got out of work, mm -hmm. uh, but that's about it. I didn't even know about it. Yeah, I will. I, I will. I will post. I will post the link to it in in our, in our chat so you can check it out. But um, it's actually really good. Yeah, the little bit that the little mm -hmm. bit that I was uh, watching, it actually it was really really good. Um, let's see, let me see if I can. I I think it's on like one of my. I think it's on my YouTube page, because like, I because it was up there previously. Um, what is all of that? All right, never mind. Uh, let's see. Right underneath Sonic the he Sonic the Hedgehog Super NES. That's funny. Alright, uh copy link. And there you go. Sweet. Yay. I'll definitely check it out later. And if you want, I could prop. I should be able to rip it as an audio track, so you can like listen to it while you're driving or whatever. It's it was really good. I, that would be cool. That would nice. be something I would like listening to while I'm driving. Oh god! I, I gotta go fast. Oh god! I gotta go fast. Uh, I mean, your car is kind of greenish blue, so. Yeah, I gotta go fast. <laughs> God. All right, Mako. Bring it all. Oh, home. it's my turn. It's yeah. my turn again. Yes, it's your turn. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I know that um we had kind of touched on this, but they finally announced what the new Tamagotchi is going to be. So for the 25th anniversary of Tamagotchi, um, the new version is going to be going on sale in Japan, November 23rd. This new version is called Tamagotchi Smart, which is going to be a form of smartwatch with a touchscreen. So it's going to be one of the first in the line of the iconic toy to employ touchscreen sensitivity. Hmm. You can directly communicate with your Tamagotchi by petting or nudging it. It will also come equipped with a microphone allowing users to communicate through voice. Also, by wearing the smartwatch on one's wrist and moving around, users will be able to engage with new styles of games, including a dance game. Mm. Uh, so, um, it is the 25th anniversary. The franchise launched in 1996 and sold about 40 million in that first wave. 
Uh, the company then revived the brand in twenty in uh, two thousand four, which sold about thirty eight million, um, and then about one point two million in a Tamagotchi ID line that launched in two thousand nine. Mm. Um, yeah, so Tamagotchi is still fairly popular. I still have my Tamagotchi Eevee. There have been a couple of different anime collaborations. Um, but I, as much as I think this looks really cool, I don't know that I would want a huge smartwatch. I mean, this looks freaking huge. Well, I, I think it's I... Probably, it's probably for uh, younger people, so it, it, just, it might just look big on them. Um, I mean, possibly? But... Well... I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just... You figure you have to have a watch that's large enough to be able to do touchscreen stuff on. So, uh, like, the, the ones that are shown in the video, they are young. Um, but again, it's... It, it's a I mean, I have... I go for the larger of... Um, the smartwatches for myself just because I do like a larger dial. Um, but this looks larger than mine and I, I have the, the big version, uh, as I said. So I don't know that I would be able to stand having something that much larger on my wrist. Um, this does show uh, people in their teens and it's, it's a big hunk of plastic on your wrist. Well, as Cedarberry says, if it's successful, they will include the Ava and Gautama versions. Now, I have, like, the little trailer here queued up, so let's take a look. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't look that big. For something that you're supposed to be wearing, like, all the time, that is a very large chunk of plastic on your wrist. I assume you've never had a G-Shock watch. Um, no, I, I think the size of the watch that I have right now is large enough. Thank you. No, because I've, I've never owned a G-Shock watch, but the plastic, the size of that Tamagotchi watch is about the size of a G-Shock watch. So... Yeah, and I mean, as I said, I understand why it's so big, because you do have to have... Um, considering it is a touch screen, you do have to have something that's going to be large enough for you to actually touch and play with. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, I, I don't know what the weight of it is. This looks like something that's going to be very clunky and is going to... I mean, <laughs> I, have I have slammed my wrist enough times into the doors and walls that my watch is you know, kind of scratched up. I can only imagine what little kids are going to be doing with this freaking watch. I, I imagine them being lost very easily. I mean... Yeah, that band doesn't look very uh, well put together either. I, I mean... But it, it looks like it'll tear easily. 
I mean, it, it, what kind of what kind of surprises me is the fact that Bondi has a similar. They have like a rectangular one for for the um for the Digimon for the Digimon ones, which is kind of interesting. And I can see they're trying to keep the style of the original Tamagotchi on your wrist. Honest, and I think that's for like a nostalgia aspect. I think it should be a, it should look more like a modern smartwatch with like the plastic around it looking like the Tamagotchi egg with buttons on the side. I think that would be more of a modern take, which I think I, I, I'd like because I, I would look at it like it's not just a Tamagotchi, but it's also a regular smartwatch does things. I just think they're just trying to keep with tradition you know well yeah but at the same time like i it's it's a big chunk of plastic on your wrist and you know something i agree i mean it it looks yeah i i mean it looks like it's gonna be durable because it looks like all of that plastic is padding it but at the mm -hmm. same time it it looks like it's gonna be too much it, it kind of feels like they just took the, the Tamagotchi and just slapped a, a wristband on it. Um, no, because the, Tamag the Tamagotchis are smaller than that. Mm. I mean, it looks like they took your typical touchscreen watch, put that mm -hmm. in the center, and then built around it so that it looked like a huge-ass egg. It's, it's, yeah, it's a big chunk of plastic and I, I can only imagine what that is going to end up costing <laughs> because they have not announced how much it's going to be yet. Well, knowing Bondi's history and their pricing schemes, I can't give an actual number, but it'll probably be about an arm and a leg. You figure the the Tamagotchi that are out now are running about $60. Wait, wait, stop, stop. Tamagotchis are $60 now? Uh-huh. Jesus. Yeah, the, the, one that that, the one that has the full color screen, um, it actually looks about the size of the... Uh, the watch itself. It's a very large egg. Um, it doesn't have touch screen, uh, but it does have a very large uh, colored screen. Um, and those are running for about $60 on Amazon. So you figure if you're going to make it a watch, you're looking at probably double that. Now, is that import price or U.S. retail price? Uh, this is, this is on the American site, so... Good God, that's a lot of money! Oh. Yeah, and some of them are even more than that, depending on the color that you end up getting. Yeah, some of them are a little bit cheaper, but, it, like, just on Amazon itself. And this is, Ooh. uh, this is a 1.3 by 2.3 by 2.7 inch, uh, Tamagotchi. And see, the beer, he says that's MSRP. Good God, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the uh, the Demon Slayer one is twenty five at Box Lunch. Right. Um. My 
import EV1, I think, cost me 35 Okay. Um, so, I mean, it, it's going to depend. But, I mean, something like this that's going to, you know, they're marketing, they're marketing it as a smartwatch um, with touchscreen. You're looking at, you're, you know, over $100 this is going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. See, to be said, it's also a couple of steps up up from a lot of the other Tamagotchis. For that price, it's got to be a pretty extra fancy. Here, Tamagotchi's manufacturer, Bondi, is initially selling the Tamagotchi Smart via lottery, but the device will go on, on general sale November 23rd for about $68. Uh, buyers will be uh, uh, able to unlock extra content by plugging a small physical key, which Bandai is selling separately for around of $10. They are. Yeah, I mm-hmm. saw I saw that if you look at the trailer, you know, they had uh, they showed a key. And there's no release yet on when it's going to be released outside of Japan. So, I mean, they're looking at about $70 in Japan. Uh, that's showing you I think just how cheap this is going to be, like cheaply made. If the regular Tamagotchis that are out now are about that same price. Um, so I'm going to guess that we might be dealing with kind of crappy touchscreen, mm-hmm. if that's the case. Or something that's just going to be very cheaply made, so it's going to break very easily. Fair enough. This is not a good... Uh forecast for this thing is it <laughs> no the the fact that the fact that it is cheaper than i thought it was going to be it really doesn't say much about the actual built quality of it so i i would definitely not say this is going to be your smartphone your your smartwatch mm. this is just going to be a large tamagotchi strapped to your wrist Yeah. Uh, yeah, Beery says, I imagine the smartwatch capabilities you're gonna have you're gonna you're going to be limited at best. My guess is because you already have a um an actual timekeeping device on there. Um I know the ones that are out now uh, allow you to count steps as well. So I'm going to guess that's basically going to be it. And it might allow you to collect, you know, connect to blue, uh, Bluetooth or something like that to do updates. Uh, but I, I think that's it. I think it's going to be a step counter that it already has. It's going to be a watch face, which it technically already has. And it's already got color screens. So all they're doing is upgrading it to be touchscreen. And See, putting a watch band on it. As CW says, or not a real smartwatch. I mean, because yeah. let's be real. I mean, like, I'm just saying, I, I have a Fitbit. But before this, I had an LG smartwatch. It ain't hard to write code for a Tamagotchi app on your phone and push it to your smartwatch and do all those commands. You could do that. Like well, there I is said, technically this is a Tamagotchi more, this, app on your phone already. Well, there you go. They just don't have it integrated with smartwatch. There you go. 
See, this Tamagotchi smartwatch, I just think they're just trying to capitalize on on the design more than anything else. So, Yeah, sounds that way. Well, it is the 25th anniversary, so they're just doing something, you know, trying to be somewhat exciting for it. Hmm. And go, hey, we're going to call it smart and make it a watch so that people go crazy over it and basically it's the same design we already have with a band on it. Mm. All right. Now that we got that out the way, let's travel to Japan and hear about some interesting stories coming out of there. Meanwhile, in Japan. Now, I'll take the first one. Now, if this will just rotate like it's supposed to. Okay. Uh all right. I'll take the last one. Yeah, I kind of figured you would. Mm. I'm going to go with the third one. Of course. J- just so you know, Ari, every every time there's an, Olymp- there's an Olympics, the committee basically tells them this shit, okay? Oh, boy. So, yeah, organizers don't want people getting randy or rowdy in the Olympic Village. They're a beacon for international friendship and cooperation. They are still at their core competition. So when the Games Fund begins July in Tokyo, for each event, only the top three competitors will go home with medals. Everyone, though, will be going home with condoms. During the Olympics, some 18,000 people are expected to stay in the Olympic Village in Tokyo's Harumi neighborhood. Among the amenities they were supposed to receive was a supply of 150,000 condoms. This has been a part of the Olympics for the last few decades, but with continuing concern about the health, safety of the health, safety of holding the, about the health, safety of holding the games during the ongoing pandemic. Earlier this month, Tokyo Olympics organized company put out a statement requesting athletes not use their Olympic condoms until they're back in their home countries. The intended message was please abstain from the close contact of sexual intercourse while staying in the Olympic Village. Not please enjoy unprotected sex. <clears throat> Apparently, the community has since decided giving athletes condoms upon arrival, but telling them to save them for when they're back home is a bit of a mixed message. On Sunday, Taka- Takashi Kitajima, general manager of the Olympic Village, announced that the condoms will now be given to Olympic teams as they're leaving Japan, not during the competition itself. They're... <coughs> They're not meant to be used while in the village, but to increase awareness of the dangers of HIV and STDs. Not only medals, but all Olympic athletes have the power to spread messages in their home countries. (coughs) Considering that no returning Olympic athlete has ever proudly showed off their Olympic condom in an interview or a press conference, the veracity of Kitajima's explanation is somewhat debatable. In all likelihood, the content... The contracts of Japanese manufacturers to produce condoms were likely settled years ago, and if the organizing committee has already paid for them, they have to get rid of them somehow. So how are they supposed to get through any lonely nights? While drinking a- while drinking is now an option. Hmm. On the same day that the condom <coughs> decision was announced, Kinajini also said that bringing alcohol into the Olympic Village and consuming it on the, presences- on the pres- premises will be allowed. But drinking will not be allowed in common use areas or outdoor sections of the village. So those looking to knock back an Asashi Super Dry or Sip a Cup of Dasai Sake will need to do so in their private rooms. 
like, this is not to say that having drinking parties in the rooms is okay. Fundamentally, we are asking people to drink alone in their rooms. And athletes are being told to, uh, uh, spectators, sorry, spectators are being cautioned not to cheer too loudly. <laughs> well, all the spectators Oi? are going to be... Yeah, all the spectators are going to be Japanese, so it's going to be a very, very quiet Olympics. Not not even that. Like, these, like, the Olympics, Olympics are, you know, supposed to be at the, pri- at the peak of physical, you know, and human conditioning and strength and all that. And there's, you know, thousands of them running around unchecked, finally getting a chance to be off their, de- like, off their regiments when, after they've competed. Of course they're gonna like go look at other people just like them and say, Hey, let's fuck. Hmm. I mean um, they won it, one year like they had like an emergency drop off of like a hundred thousand condoms and it still wasn't enough. Yeah, it, it's it's a well known fact that the Olympic villages um actually <laughs> More than more, more than likely, uh, or sh- I should say, more often than people think, have uh, r- rampant amounts of STDs going through them um, because everybody is screwing. It, it's what people do in the Olympic villages. It is a very well known thing. <laughs> the worst kept secret in the Olympics aside from the doping. Ba- basically, basically that's, that's why they started with handing out condoms there is because it got so bad. Um, the STDs got so bad that um, it, it basically, you know, you could tie it down to, Oh, this happened during the Olympics. Oh, you know, and because so many people are having sex with so many other people, it's just, it's, it's a very disgusting mess. Well, unless you're into that sort of thing. Um, I, I, it's it's not even the sex. It's it's the fact that it's it's very much an unprotected ty- type of thing, and everybody, you know, they they all end up sick. Because they're not thinking about condoms or anything like that. They are usually drunk off their asses because they've either won or they've lost. And they're all just having a shit ton of sex. They're, they're, fucking, vic- they're fucking to celebrate victory or fucking to forget defeat. It's been going on the Olympics since it started, so... Pretty much, yeah. Like, you so fuck to celebrate or orgy, you fuck to forget. Orgy. Yeah, fuck this village. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's the whole reason why they you know, they give the condoms out. They actually at the entrances um of all of the buildings, they have just a, you know, a bowl of condoms there. So as you're entering, you can grab some condoms as you're going up. Um that and McDonald's. Because so they so they so their diets when they were in the Olympic Village consists of cheap McDonald's food, cheap alcohol, and fucking. Yes. Because, um... So in other words, a teenager's first date. Yeah, pretty much. 
Um, well, no, the whole thing is um, because of what they're doing, they're not necessarily thinking about eating healthy when they're competing like this. They're thinking about the calories and how many calories they're going to burn. So they need basically empty calories in order to be able to keep up their energy. So that's why the sponsors like McDonald's, that's, you know, a main meal for all of them. And they go and they get, you know, 40 chicken nuggets and four burgers. I can't see myself eating if, eating like three weeks of McDonald's. I don't know. I don't. I'm fairly I mean, that's, certain that that's that not some... the only that's not the only thing that they eat. But I know that is that is their regular empty calorie. So I mean, when I'm they pretty, I'm fairly certain a Olympic sprinter isn't going to be hitting it from behind like and have a, a friggin' power rate in the in one free hand, you know? <laughs> yeah, so they ah, do a ah, lot of glug, glug, glug. they do a lot of pasta, they do a lot of empty calories like McDonald's, um, and they have a lot of sex. The sex is good cardio. Well yeah. Yeah, it's like being back in college. Hey oh I think we've uh, beat this one into the ground, have like, don't you? Yeah, I, sure. I, I, yeah, I think we have. Uh, moving right along. Moving right along and sticking with the Olympics. Um, I know that this one's been going around, but um, there are for this Olympics because it is taking place in Japan. Uh, a lot of the anime characters are, you know, doing ambassador shticks. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, this particular one didn't exactly land right with uh, Japan itself. Oh, boy. So, um, on the official uh, Japanese Olympic Twitter, uh, Sailor Moon came on and basically said, I hope to see medals shining beautifully like the full moon on everyone's chest. Uh, the tweet is followed by the hashtag Ganbaro Nippon, which is the standard way of saying Go Japan. Um, a lot of people weren't happy with this. And uh, there's two reasons uh, that the negativity hits. The first reason is basically saying, um, and these are quotes, uh, Sailor Moon wouldn't say these things. Are the anime characters being used to promote the Olympics only cheering for Japan isn't anime for everyone? Um, with the rights holders hasn't... Uh, wait. I, with the rights holder, hadn't allowed them to use Sailor Moon like this. Uh, I don't care whether a Japanese athlete wins a medal or not. I want to cheer for all of the athletes and teams, regardless of their nationality. Um... And then goes on to, uh, so medals are more important than people's lives. This is a stain on Usagi's image. Uh, medals don't matter. I'm sure having the Olympics is going to increase the number of coronavirus infections. So sad to see Sailor Moon being used for commercial purposes. Okay, I have a problem have with that comment. The Sailor Moon merch. Exactly. Exactly. The, 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 merch, you... the merch is its own licensing. Um... And they they comment. The last comment is a little confusing, seeing as how Sailor Moon is one of the most merchandised anime franchises in history, with close to three decades worth of toys, trinkets, and other character goods. 
The Japanese team favoritism, too, is at least partially understandable. Sailor Moon's ordinary schoolgirl alter ego, Usagi Tsukino, is a Japanese girl, and so it's not surprising that she'd be rooting, first and foremost, for her home country's team. However, at the end of the day, a lot of this is stemming back to the pandemic. Um, because you're taking these popular characters... Um, and I know that it's Sailor Moon and um, they had Dragon Ball Z on it. Um, they had One Piece on it. They had, I think, Shin Chan on there. You're taking all of these popular characters and putting them onto Olympic merchandise. Um, you're having them promote the Olympics and saying, hey, look, come here. And these are, you know, national treasure character type things. And a lot of people are pissed off because there are still so many people trying to get the Olympics stopped because the pandemic is still going crazy in Japan. Mm -hmm. So in that way, I can understand why people are reacting negatively and why there is a backlash. Um, I, I can somewhat understand the whole, you know, they should be rooting for everybody, not just Japan. But at the same time, uh, it, it's, you know, it, it's a Japanese character. It's a Japanese See, anime. It's, it's on the Japanese version of the Olympic Twitter. See, it those, her, the comments would have made more sense if it was Usagi, not Sailor Moon. Yeah. At that point, no one would have given a damn. Secondly, now I understand the meaning behind, you know, that one person saying, so sad to see Sailor Moon being used for commercial purposes. I, I, I get it. But my mind went to, you had a problem with what Sailor Moon said about the Olympics, but you didn't say shit that there were, you didn't say shit when you could buy Sailor Moon branded tampons okay you didn't say and shit about that ironically yeah you didn't say shit about that but you have a problem with the comment okay uh, maybe it's what i'm seeing the, i'm I, I i think it's a bit of a hip a bit of a hypocrisy you know it, it is yeah. and it's not it I, I mean I, I know i get it it's it, like a it's, thin it's line a very gray area yeah, yeah. i mean you and you're right i get that you know and, and, and now I'm suddenly picturing yogurt from Spaceballs talking about the merchandising. 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 And it's nothing. Where the real money from the Olympics is made. It's nothing but Sailor Moon merch behind him. Sailor Moon the toaster. Sa Sailor Moon the water. Sailor, Sailor Moon, Moon the, the flamethrower. The kids will love this. <laughs> I wouldn't mind a Sailor Moon flamethrower. It would have to be I a six man chibi-use are running around the Crystal Palace going, Hey, look, I'm Sailor Mars! Exactly! It's a Sailor Mars branded flamethrower. So we get a Sailor Mars branded flamethrower. We get a Sailor Jupiter branded taser. <laughs> <laughs> a Sailor Mercury branded water gun. Yeah. No, I think it, no it, it hers, like a... hers would be bubbles. Bubble wand. Or, uh, something that sprays liquid nitro. No, it would be a bubble it'll be a bubble wand as, as Sailor Venus has a whip. Oh my. Take it as and, you will. And yellow and orange leather. <laughs> Take it as you will. 
Yeah, but I mean, I. You'll call me Mistress oh. Venus. Oh my. Who's punishing who now in high heels? <laughs> there, well, that, there are fan fiction. That's all I need yes, to say. Yes, I know. Mm-hmm. I've fallen down th- that rabbit hole so far, I've come out the other side. And the white rabbit's going, I'm late, I'm late. You're like, no, you're right on time. <laughs> anyway. Sailor Mercury smart glasses. Fair. I mean, how else she's going to... Well, never mind. Anywho. Well, let, <sighs> let's, let's not. Let, 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 let's not. All right. So, now let's talk about uh, the, the Super Mario series character popularity poll. And it comes to find out that Mario is not number one. So, a company called Line Research... Part of the media family that includes the popular line messaging app carried out a survey among Japanese respondents between the ages of 10 and 59, asking them who their favorite Super Mario series related character is. After getting over 5,200 responses, they compiled a list of the top 10, and Mario is on the list, but he's not at the top. Number 10 is Donkey Kong. Number 9 is Rosalina. Number 8 is Boo and King Boo. Number 7 is Koopa Troopa. Number 6 is Luigi. Yahoo! Number 5... did Luigi dirty. Yeah. But we got the year of Luigi, so it's okay. And Nintendo killed Mario, so it's even better. But, um... Number five is Bowser. Number four is Peach. Number three is Toad. Number two is Mario. And number one? Can I get a drum roll, please? Yoshi. Yeah, I'm... uh... Kind of drawn a blank on that one too. I mean, why, why Yoshi? Um, well, surprisingly, well, a lot of people like dinosaurs. Yeah. I mean, think about it. there's been three dinosaur Super Sentai series, and don't forget in Mar- in Super Mario World Two, Yoshi was carrying Mario's ass around, so you know. Yeah, I'm upset that Daisy wasn't on that top ten list at all, though. And Rosalina got number nine. That bitch belongs at the bottom of the list. Mm-hmm. Oof. Tell us how you really feel. I would have to get the censor button on the standby. Rosalina's crap. Well, that too. There you go. And the fact there's a theory that Rosalina's Luigi's daughter... Get the fuck out of here. What? Yeah. No. Yes. I forget I've, who it... I've seen that theory, yeah. and it's, I, I no. don't understand how people even remotely think that. Exactly. How... How... How does that work? I don't know. Future 
time travel shenanigans or something like that? I don't know, but here's one for you. Remember, in Super Mario Odyssey, Mario is supposed to stop Bowser from marrying Peach. Remember, there is an amiibo of Mario in in a wedding tuxedo. Mm Mm-hmm. Remember, I think we may have talked about this a few years back. But there is a video clip out of Nintendo where, you know, it interviews Mario. And Mario straight up said that him and Peach are friends. My dude, if you're just friends, why the hell are you wearing a goddamn wedding tuxedo, okay? Why are you trying to stop someone else from marrying her? Exactly! God. Anywho... I, I, I think we're absolutely done here. That was just ridiculous. Yeah, we, uh, we've exhausted this, like, these topics, I think. Oh, we haven't exhausted it. I just don't feel like swing. I don't feel like swinging the stick around beating the dead horse again. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's another way of looking at it. Yep. So, if you like the show, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend, and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters. So what we tell you what we like and don't like, we're being 100% with you. Seriously. If you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We're here to believe you. And don't forget our website, which is animejamsession.com, where you will find our weekly podcast, uh, anime reviews, uh, convention reports, cosplayer tips and tricks, cosplayer interviews, link to our uh, photo gallery of cosplay photos from our Facebook, and links to our YouTube page of convention video coverage. And then some. All that and a lot more at AnimeJamSession.com And let's see what else do we have here. Yeah. And don't forget to follow our podcast too. You can find us on Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, any app you use for finding podcasts, just put in the search of Anime Jam Session, and you'll find all of our episodes. Some apps have the ability to leave reviews. We, we encourage you to do so with that. We, we really appreciate that. And don't forget to follow our social medias on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Follow us there for updates of when we're going live, when articles are going up, posting new videos, and then some. It's YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, all at Anime Jam Session. And don't forget, we have a tip jar down there, so we appreciate the tips of, from Streamlabs, the Ko-Fi tips, the bits that we get every so often. We appreciate all of that. And the auto-hosting, a little bit goes a long way. And, and I truly appreciate that. So now we're going to go around the room. Last words, Ari. Can't hear you. Oh, whoops. Forgot the, the thing muted on me. Um, like the neighborhood where I grew up in now has a bodega across the street. I wish my neighbor had a bodega. These stores, you, they are not bodegas. They close at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, and there's no side panel to go grab food. No. Last words, Mako-chan. I am going to take a nap now. Good call. My last words. I'm probably going to put together a bowl of ice cream or a thing of trail mix, and I'm going to watch uh, season two of The Naked Director. It's pretty good. Well, that is it. End of list. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Ichigo will be back. The whole squad will be here. It'll be good times all around. So, yeah. 
Definitely. So, I think we're done here. So, I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. And I'm Mako-chan. Great fight, great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Night. Say good night, Mako-chan. Good night, Mako-chan. Perfect. Awesome. See you next week. of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on the show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, dammit! For transcripts of this episode, start typing! Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!